Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. On SENZ. Good morning, it is two minutes past nine on a Friday. And welcome to Summer Days with Stephen McIver. Yes, it is Fight Week. Fight Week, baby. Parker Chisora, too. And also David Nikia in his second pro fight against Frenchman Anthony Carpin. David is under 90 seconds away, live out of Manchester. Tennis player Marcus Daniel joins us at 9.30. He received the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award at the ATP Awards. If you want to know more about that, listen just after 9.30, because it is a very, very special award, and they just don't hand this one out. We'll go to Copper Mountain in Colorado. Zoe Sadowski Senators is live from Colorado as their prep continues for the Beijing Games. And Hamish Bond, our most versatile Olympian, has decided to do something that has nothing to do with water or a bike. Well, figure that one out, will you? And fun fact... All our feature guests today are the initial in the initial nominations for the 59th Halberg Awards. That's right, the 59th Halberg Awards. So David Nika, not too far away. So we're going to go to Manchester because this morning all the attention is on the main event. Joseph Parker, Derek Chisora too. We will be giving away the final Sky Sport Now fight pass before midday. All you've got to do is call us and talk about anything you've heard today. Sonny Bill Williams, five to ten fights in the next two years. How cool is that, right? Or Joseph Parker. How does he go against Jerick Chisora? I see Chisora flipped his manager, The Bird, earlier on at the press conference. Uh, David Higgins, who we spoke to yesterday or two days ago. And then you've got David Nikia in his second pro fight. Uh, this is the this is the exciting part because this kid's good and as uh, Baz said and as John Day said, David Nika's got a good rig and he joins us now. Are you sick and tired, David, of hearing people say you've got a good rig? Good rig? No, that's that's uh, that's exactly what I'm going for. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm no slouch. Uh, I look, I look, listen, I worked hard for this. Okay, um, so I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. Um, you know- with open arms. Thank you. you. You know, David, I would have thought, you know, you're a bit of a millennial because my 20-year-old uh, son has said to me, hey, Dad, you don't call uh, a good body a rig now because a rig in millennial terms is a gut. You're hanging with a gut. Listen, it can mean whatever you want, really. <laughs> um, people, people using... People are using words for all kinds of rubbish these days. <laughs> uh, I sound like a boomer now. Yeah. Right. Hey, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, back off. I'm, I'm like a, a month out yeah. of being a boomer, so let's, let's, not, let's not go down <laughs> that path. Hey, uh, not long to go now, man. Uh, how's the camp been for you? It's been amazing. It's been amazing. I'm exactly where I want to be. Um, mentally, physically, uh, I just want to go out there and, you know, uh, make sure everyone gets their money to it. After the Olympics, I saw your post-fight interview, right? Your bronze medal. Congratulations again on that one. But I'll be blunt with you. I looked at your eyes. You look cooked. Were you cooked after the games? Dude, I've, like, I've been running on, on empty for a long time, right before, uh, you know, before I even qualified. That was, that was 
one of the biggest pu- biggest pushes I ever had to do. And then for the you know the game to get put off by another year, um, it, it broke me in some ways. But um, you know that's it's those those trials that are that make you tougher as a person. Um, so no, I, listen, I was fine. I was fine, and I'm still here, um, and I'll keep continue uh, continuing to you know do my best and make my people proud because that's a, that's a, you know what drives me every day I feel right now the environment you're in is exactly what you've been waiting for uh, and the word I had was Andy Lee was pretty straight up with you when he first got you in the ring and said mate you got to change this what did he change straight up um hey listen you, you have to pay to watch you have to pay to see it's, it's oh come on don't, hey mate but you're starting uh, to sound like listen. a pro settle down settle yeah, down come yeah, on hey. a bit of honesty here bro it's me <laughs> I oh, know. I will tell you. Um, I've I've reformed a lot of uh, the fundamentals that mm. you know I thought were were going to be were going to you know take me to the take me to the top in professional boxing. I've had to I've had to I've had to scrap some things that uh, you know I didn't even know were a problem, but uh, it became evident very very quickly that you know um, I have a lot of work to do and there's a, a lot more to learn. And so I'm in the best environment. Uh, I'm in a place where. Um, you know, I can con- continue to grow and, you know, be be the best version of myself. And I don't even know what that looks like yet. Mate, you've said nothing there. You haven't told me exactly, exactly what he changed. Give me one thing in your arsenal or your defence okay. that he changed. Stephen, I'm going to start knocking people out uh, left, right and centre. That's, that's basically, like, that's my whole mentality towards fighting has to change. Um, this is, this is the, like, the hurt business. This is, this is... Uh, you know, this is entertainment. People don't want to see, uh, you know, a long, boring fight. I'm like, I have to go and get people out of the ring uh, as soon as I can. Um, so whenever I see the opportunity, I'll take it. Mate, now that's what I want to hear. Stephen, I'm going to knock people out. Uh, the- Stephen, <laughs> listen. You're not listening. I'm going to start knocking people out, I'm telling you. David, it sounds to me like the environment has just reinvigorated your love for the game. Absolutely, absolutely. I've, um, you know, I'm learning a lot. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've found my hunger again. I've been motivated by some of the best in the business. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury's been a massive influence. Um, so I have to say, a big thank you to him because he's, you know, he welcomed me in with, with open arms. You know, he's such, he's so buddy buddy with Joseph. He, he kind of trusted, trusted Joe when he, you know, when he said that, you know, like Dave's going to be, you know, come and join this camp. Um, and he's, he's been awesome. He's been a, a real help. How surreal is that? Hanging out in the the, the Tyson Fury fight family. It's bizarre. It's uh, like I feel like I had, uh, you know, an open stream of his consciousness. He's so he's so open. He says exactly what he means all the time, every time. So it's it's been it's been really cool. I can get a, uh, you know I've got a good gauge of you know what a, a world you know mm. like I I can't even call it world class. He's he's beyond world class. Um, his, his mental attitude towards fighting and towards uh, you know towards our sport is is second to none. So I feel like I've you know I've learned a learned a buttload from him. So um, yeah, so thank you to him. Yeah, I was going to say the learning process for you must have been like a massive downline on the brain to process. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like I just when I feel like I've I've kind of you know got to a point where you know I'm you know under. On the bee's knees, uh, I've got I've gone and learned that you know I'm I'm very much not. Uh, so it's been a it's been a humbling experience to to know that you know there's so much more to learn. Um, but you know if, if we stop growing, what are we really doing? 
um, I want to I make sure that uh, I can leave the sport one day and know that I've done everything in my power to, you know, do the best, do the best to, to be the best. Um, and I feel like I'm in, in the right place to do that. Do you feel right now, and, and you, mate, you sound in great form, you know, mentally you sound right in the zone. How Do you think this is the pivotal moment in your career now? Do you think this is the one you go, right, I'll probably go and do the comm games and then I'm going to go pro, bang, and away we go. Do you think this is the moment we're, we're dealing with at the moment? I think so. I think I'm starting to learn that, um, or maybe I'm just starting to understand that the power of, of, um, of the mind and the power of, of the word uh, is is key when it comes to the entertainment business. I have to, um, you know, I have to put myself put myself first, uh, and and you know, I have to let the people know that uh, when they pay money to see me fight, they're going to get their money's worth. So um, I don't want to I don't want to let anybody down. I, I also don't want to owe anybody anything. So if I if I put on a good show every time, um, people are going to you know people are going to continue to pay to watch. Um, so it's definitely a pivotal pivotal time for me. Um, I'm I'm learning a lot on the job. Uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 a big attitude. It's a big, it's the energy that I have to, uh, that I need mm. to you know build my career starts now. Um, and like I feel like I've I've done my apprenticeship. I've done the you know I've done the hard yards, and now you know I can really start having fun with it. So, uh, what scouting has been done on Carpin, the Frenchman you fight at cruiserweight? Uh, I, I I've seen enough. I've seen enough to know um, that he's. You know, he's, he's not in my league, but he is um, anybody that steps in the ring is a threat. I, like he's, he's, he has a lot more experience than me uh, with the pin-outs gloves. Um, I think he's had 13, 12 or 13 professional fights, which is, you know, I've never been touched by a 10-ounce a glove, so that's going to be interesting uh, if, he, if he does manage to land a finger on me. But, um, yeah, I, like he's pretty straightforward, pretty straight up and down. Um, I'm going to go and implement what I've been, what I've been working on with Andy Lee, uh, and um, I can guarantee you that'll be enough. This is interesting because I remember that the, your, your your Olympic Games fights. You were very patient. Are you going to be patient or going to look, go go hard early? Because I know with boxing, it is a very dangerous sport if you're not careful. It's the old story, you know, one punch, you're done. So what what is your fight plan? Exactly. Is it, is it, you, I know you want to knock them down, but is it is it a patience yeah. thing to fair feel them out or just you know what, go and get them? I have no idea. I have no idea. So, <laughs> not really. Uh, I, I'm not really much help. It's it's such a chaotic sport. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can't tell you what he's going to do. Um, if he comes out and just launches launches something at me, we're going to have a you know we're going to have a, a dog fight. But if he comes out and he doesn't look like he really wants to play, uh, then you know I might have to I might have to chase him a little bit. But I, I really can't tell you. It really. Um, I will respond to whatever he does, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm gonna put the put the hammer on the head of the nail, and that's that's what's most important. Mate, you should turn pro now because you were just turning it up with the quotes today. I mean, that's thanks, man. <laughs> it is. I've just been to the press conference today, and it was exciting. It was exciting, and I feel like um, uh, there have been a few people talk to me, and they say, you know. You, you have to be yourself. You have to be yourself, and like people are going to love you or hate you, no matter what. Um, but I just want to. I, want, I have to let people know that I, you know, that I have energy. I, have, you know, I'm, I'm my own person. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah, know who this David Nika is. Who is this David Nika I'm talking to? We'll have a beer sometime. We'll have a beer sometime, mate. Um, but, um, yeah. no. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh wow, I, I'm I'm stoked, mate, because you've you've got me excited. Um, weigh in tomorrow. Yeah, I, I tell you what, um, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty right now. I'm a little like, like I might be hangry. That might, that might be what it is. I was like, I just I want to get this way uh, this way and done. I want to have a like a nice burger, and I want to go and have a good night on Saturday. And um, I really hope that people can tune in uh, and in, and enjoy their their Sunday morning coffee, um, watching some violence. Well, we have to ask for some inside oil. How does Joe look? You know, at this late in the week. Uh, he's. He's probably, it's really hard to say because I've only seen him in one other camp, but um, from what I understand, uh, he's in the best, yeah, he's in a, a similar state uh, mentally and physically. He's, 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 in a, he's in the prime of his life. He's, a, uh, he's in his early 30s. I think he's, only, he's, not even, he's not even in his early 30s. He's 29 years old. He's like a young heavyweight, but uh, he's looking sharp. He's, he's big. He's big. I'll, like, I'll tell you that. He's not... Um, He's not out of shape, but he's he's big, and I think that's really going to work work in his favour um, this time around because uh, he's, you know he's not going to be bullied the same. Um, I'm giving it to Joe by either a, a late knockout or a very wide margin on scorecards. Have you and he actually tried to do any cooking for Andy Lee? Because I was watching the fight back documentary, and Joe appears not to be able to cook. How about you? Nah, I can I can cook. I've got a few signature dishes. But, oh, um, tell us uh, what's the signature Andy, dish. Andy, I make like a, I make like a nice, I make a, I make a few nice things, but um, but what, what, what I, I think my best work was uh, I, I made a really nice pasta carbonara. I was pretty proud of that, and I, I made it with everything that was just you know left over in the fridge, um, oh, but, and it actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> mate, you've got women swooning all over the world. Cream the perfect pasta. man, eh? The pasta carbonara, oh, the, the, the Nika special, Thank you. eh? Hey, um, just just a, 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 a couple of more things, buddy. Uh, are you actually going into the fight game with a, a nickname like David Take No Prisoners Nika or something like that? I really want the nice guy to stick because I feel like I'm a pretty nice dude and I box nice. Um, David Nice Guy Nika. Really the Nice Guy Nika. It's 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 got it's got a ring to it, but someone else needs to say it for me. You know, if, if I go around. Okay, hang on, hang on. Okay, nice guy, so let's let's do that. Let's do this then. Okay, so <laughs> what, what's your weight? What's your weight? What do you think you're weighing it? I'll weigh in right on two hundred pounds. Oh, give me, give me a kilos. What's the kilos? Okay, we'll call. It. Okay, so, so okay, so fighting out of the red corner, weighing in at two hundred pounds. It's David, nice guy, Nika. How hey, does, thanks, guys. Bloody hell. How does that sound? That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yes, that's pretty good. That's okay. Pretty good. I'm taking... Like, my headphones aren't great. You did a great job. Hey, yeah, thanks, mate. I've, I've done a little bit of this before. Tell me, just finally, are you still you still committed to the Com Games? Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Um, I've talked to I've talked to the team here, and they all think it's a great idea. Um, you know, I've I've still got my support from back home, uh, you know, with high-performance sports. So, it's... Yeah, it's... I'm in an amazingly privileged position right now to be able to do both. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and being a part of uh, the New Zealand team again because that's, that's a, a special, special group of people. Mate, all of us here can only say one thing. We wish you the best of luck. You sound like you're in dangerous form. So go get Carpen, put him on the deck, and then uh, come home and enjoy summer, mate. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, David, nice guy, Nika. It does sound good, buddy. It does sound good.
There you go, David. Nice guy, Nika. Wow. Uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm taken aback, JD, uh, quite simply because I had to ask him about that question of looking cooked after the, the um, Olympic Games because the one thing he had made clear that he had no coach. He was coaching himself for two years and that took a huge mental toll and that's only, you can look in the eyes. Now, he, his answers, mate, have you heard, have you ever heard David Nika talk like that? No, no, I have not and I've interviewed him a few times. Uh, he's normally an extremely humble guy but obviously, you know, that amateur boxer's been beaten out of him, hasn't it, by Andy Lee? <laughs> And it's like, you've got to be a pro now. People don't want to see tap, tap, pad, pad, you what, know. What, what was the line? Stephen, I'm going to put him on the deck. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to knock him. What was the line? Yeah, it was something like, um, I'm going to start knocking people out left, right and centre. That's the mindset I've got to have now. David, nice guy. I think the nice guy could stick, eh? That's Do, good. Cause it's good for him. That's a really good one. What wow. a catch. What a catch he'd be. You know, mate. What can is we, it? He can, can cook. We, can we stop this? He can this? fight. He's a nice guy. This is a constant bromance you have with. The, as soon as I mention his rig, uh, you're going. Yeah, I like David. Oh, Nika. since 2014, New Zealand has been in love with this guy, and we're about to see his career start. That's what he mentioned as well, Stephen. His career starts now. He's done all the hard work. He's got the back catalogue of uh, amateur oh, fights man. and two gold medals at Com Games, and a bronze medal at the Olympics. Now it's time for David Nika to show the world what he's got. Just don't send him Instagram hearts, okay? I don't want you doing that. Too late. It's nine <laughs> nineteen. Uh, if you want to watch that fight, well, now's your chance to give me a call. And what did you think of the attitude of David Nika? Get on the phone right now. 0800-150811. That's 0800-150811. Call me now. Tell me what you think. He He's going to put him away. He wants to put Carpin away, and he's called Joseph a, a late knockout or a very l- wide points decision. What do you think? I want to hear from you. Forget the text line. Call me, 0800-150811, and you could win that free fight pass to see Parker Jazora 2, courtesy of Sky Sport Now. At 9.20 on SENZ's Summer Days. And for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.25 on Friday morning as we head into the weekend, or for some of you, maybe heading into work, and it might be a long weekend as well. But if you're heading away on the road, please do take it easy. All right, there's there's no rush. You you will get there. And if you are listening out of the Auckland region for the first time on the SENZ app or on your, the local frequency that we're on, uh, I hope it feels good. I, I'll give you a good indication of how important it was to meet people. Uh, yesterday, we filmed just some summer edition, what you call in television, uh, links for our Sky Speed program and I saw my good mate Murph for the first time in three months and I got to tell you I had to give him a hug because it felt great our show doesn't feel right when we're sitting on zoom calls all the time trying to do our show and and I can understand if you haven't seen uh whanau or friends it 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 really is that you I know it does sound right but you got to be touchy-feely it's as simple as that it was such a really nice feeling and then we cruised around a rather expensive car, which I'm going to shove in Michael Guerin's face a little bit later on because he drives a similar model but an older one. We had the newer flash one and far more expensive one, Aston Martin. It was very nice to say the least. It's 9.26. Big news on Baz and Izzy this morning. Izzy can sing. Well, yeah, he can sing. Izzy Buble, we might like to call that. He's not bad, actually. Give, a, give him his due. He was, he was pumped listening to those songs, and Baz was wetting his pants. It really was quite funny, but a, a nice way to finish a, a first uh, a season of Baz and Izzy here on SENZ. Uh, but the big news coming out of their show today, Sonny Bill Williams is not done with boxing. Uh, he wants more fights. Have a listen. 
you know, I'm 36. I could easily walk away from sport as I have with rugby and rugby league, but I just, I don't know, it was just an itch that I haven't been. Mm. I wanted to give one last crack, and I know the level that I'm on, but I just want to have, you know, five to ten more fights in the two-year space, and uh, just for the challenge. You know, I've always done six weeks here or a ten-week camp here, um, and I've improved quite a bit, so I just wanted to be... I wanted to see where I'm at after 24 months of doing it. And for me, uh, in the All Blacks or at the Roosters or at the Bulldogs, when mm. you're playing with the best, you learn. 36, I'd forgotten about that. 36 years of age. Now, that's a brave man. But I, when you talk about Sonny Williams, JD, the one thing about SBW, he is one of these one-in-a-lifetime athletes, right? I would suggest boxing at 36. Heavyweights, yeah, they can go a bit longer, maybe into the early 40s. But how effective they are is the key, right? And you know with SBW, he's going to put bums on seats. So absolutely, he and his management team will be very careful as to who they choose to put in the ring to make sure they are A, ratings bonanzas, bonanzas not bananas, and B, going to fill the pockets. Yeah, absolutely. And the first one that comes to mind straight away is Paul Gallon. Is this the kind of <laughs> really? level Is this the level we're talking about with Sonny Bill? Because he's a former New Zealand heavyweight champion, Sonny Bill Williams. Gallon's an easy get, and it's exactly what we were thinking about, right? High profile, uh, two ex-footy players for this market, and the Australian market. For this fight, for his whole boxing career, pretty much, because he, he knows that's the big pay ticket. Well, see, here's the key: Justice Hooney made Gallon look pretty average. Yeah, a, a professional boxer, and I'm the take nothing away from Paul Gallon because he's got mighty large cojones to yeah. do what he has been doing, and he's he's fought some pretty good fights and has looked solid. Because I I remember interviewing him after we lost that Anzac Test at the Sydney Cricket Ground when they what is that Mark Gasnier did the backflip over the head, the ball over oh, the back, yeah, that yeah, test. Yeah, I remember. To, Looking down on Paul Gallon, he's that he's short, but he's wide. He's wide. He's as, a, yeah. He is a brick wall. Yeah. Sonny Bill is going to have a height and reach advantage. Why he wants to take on a very talented athlete, nay boxer, is beyond me. So I think everybody wants that because it'll be a pay-per-view bonanza and the Aussies will love it. And so will we, right? And that's the one that comes to mind. But five to ten fights over two years, Stephen, that's a lot of opponents. Uh, Maybe he just needs to cash up and make his retirement fund. Who knows? But Uh, I think he's got a genuine love for the sport of boxing. In fact, we we know he does, doesn't he? He, like, genuinely loves it. And So he's at the tail end of his footy career. He's given that up. What does he do now? He's still an athlete, still in great shape, still has the desire, obviously. So wants to just see just how good he can get at this game at the end of his career. I always ask the question when someone can't give anything up, um, you know, can they they give it up? You know, the, the important thing is can they give it up? And... You know, I, I look at some athletes. Um, Cameron Browns comes to mind, the triathlete. Right? He's knocking 50 now. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. The guy does the Ironman and all that. The Ironman, yes, yeah. that guy. And I, I sometimes wonder whether, you know, when he, when, when is he ready to call time? You know, yeah, and and some people just can't give it away. Well, we're talking to someone ha- at ten ha- o'clock. Hamish Bond, we'll be talking to, right? Yeah, and different. We won't give away what he's going to do, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Eric Murray knew when it was time to go away. Yeah, but the question remains: is uh, does he know when to give it away? Uh, polka dot Polly's turned up, but we might be having a few problems, technical issues with our news department this morning. So we, we might just uh, keep moving on. Shall, shall we keep moving on? Take a wee break, or what? yeah, well, hang on, let's no, talk. Can you turn Polly's Polly? <laughs> A microphone on. What's with the Polly? Well, polka dot Polly, you've got this beautiful <laughs> red dress on with black polka dots. So polka dot Polly. Baz has broken the computer. 
Baz has broken the computer. Good one, Baz. Well, Good and it's you, not as simple as just skipping the news either. This is just to pull the curtain back a little bit in radio. Oh, um, so we have to play the news. I'll do, I'll try and do it from memory. Okay, just headlines off the top of the dome there with Trudy. The dome. Yes. She's, got, hey, she's had her hair done. It's not a dome. She's not Izzy. She's got more hair than Izzy, so it's not a dome, okay? Yes, the straighteners. Yeah, the straighteners. All right. All right, Trude, so this is a bit of kind of theatre sports meets news. <laughs> Let's give it a crack. The all-new SCNZ is Kiwi for sport. Daniel and Michael Venus, this is... A huge, potentially huge day for New Zealand. History made. New Zealand win their first ever Olympic tennis medal. A tremendous performance from Daniel and Venus. Two sets to love. And they are worthy, worthy bronze medalists at Tokyo 2020. And it was a highlight too. I think it was the first time a an Anzac combination had won a bronze medal in test and in, in, in the Olympics. You get me? I'm thinking hard now. Since Anthony Wilding many many years ago, and that was an Anzac. That's the first New Zealand team to win a tennis since that uh, medal, which is pretty special. Look, the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award is given out to an individual each year on the ATP Tour for going beyond the game, and it also recognises humanitarians outside of the game. For instance, the late President Nelson Mandela. As far as tennis players are concerned, Andre Agassi, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic. So it's, it's not handed out lightly because it's all about giving back, not thinking about tennis, but giving back because you're able to. Well, Kiwi Olympic bronze medalist Marcus Daniel is the latest recipient and joins us now from his training base in Barcelona. Marcus, the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award, did this come as a surprise? It absolutely was a surprise. I remember the day I got told, uh, I got a message from one of the sort of ATP officials asking if I had a minute to chat. And I thought, oh, bugger, what, what have I done? What's, what fire are we going to have to start putting out now? <laughs> and yeah, and then he told me I'd won this award. And uh, I think part of why it feels so amazing is because it was just so unexpected. So explain to me the award and then we'll talk about your process. So as far as I understand, it's, uh, it's more the media uh, who, who decide who gets the award. Uh, and I guess with high-impact athletes, we've been making a bit of a splash in the sporting world around, around rallying the troops, getting, getting as many athletes on board with this movement of doing good as possible. And, and yeah, I guess that was the thing that, that tipped it for us. It's a philanthropic award. So let's let's go right back to what was the trigger for you to say, you know what, I'm done here. I, I noted uh, in one of the press releases, you said, I was at my the lowest point in my life and you had won a tour on the Futures and then there was an earthquake down the road and, you weren't, and you'd won a tournament or won a, and you're going, I'm not enjoying this. I mean, how low do you need to get? Yeah, look, I think every every professional athlete would have a similar story. I think it's... Uh, it's a very rare story that someone's just had a complete love relationship with something that you put as much effort into as, as a professional sport, like you live and breathe it. Um, so like most other athletes, I've had some, some real low patches. Um, and I was just very lucky that I found the right person at the right time who 
actually through very much a dose of tough love sort of snapped me out of it uh, and made me realize that unless I was 100% mentally committed every minute that I was on a tennis court or in the gym, it wasn't going to matter um, what I what I did. Uh, I wasn't going to make it. And that seems so obvious from the outside. But uh, yeah, you can trick yourself pretty easily and trick yourself that you're really trying. But uh, the, that 100% mental effort that you see in, in a bunch of those names that you mentioned, the Djokovic's and the Nadal's, I mean, you know, trying to develop that sort of mental intensity and stamina. Uh, yeah, that, that idea was a light bulb moment for me and it led to it led to a, a pretty decent tennis career. Well, yeah, so this is what you quote, and I, I'm, I'm going to say it, that the chapel of bullshit. So, so who is, who, who's the pastor? Who's the reverend of the chapel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Reverend David Samuel. Um, I've been working with him for over 10 years now, and he's a big, intimidating guy. And I remember I just lost a really close match, and he sat me down and basically just gave me a bollocking for a couple of hours. And I was, I was a bit taken aback because I was like, you know, I, I thought I actually played quite well out there. But it wasn't really about that particular match. It was more about just him recognizing that I could do a lot better. And it's, it's, it's marginal points at yeah. that level, but I could be doing better and that compounds over time. And basically said, yeah, I, I was going to be a, just a tourist on the tennis tour unless I got my act together. And uh, it was hard to hear, but it rang true at some level. And after that, uh, yeah, we, we made an agreement that if I was ever, if I ever dropped away from 100% mental intensity for more than a couple of shots, then it was practice over. And it was, it was fascinating how, how short the first practices were and, and how tiring it was to be, to be 100% mentally engaged. But over time, uh, you know, built up that stamina and, and it really helped. So when did you decide to start giving away a percentage of your income to good causes, your, your philanthropic causes? So in, I believe it was 2015, that was the first year where I focused on doubles and it was also the first year that I actually made a profit from tennis uh, because the expenses are huge and unless you're earning decent prize money, you're, you're not covering your expenses. So I put some money in the bank at the end of that year and with that little bit of financial security, I felt this real desire to balance the scales a little bit because even in team sports, as a the, the career of a professional athlete is very selfish and it's necessary. You need to focus on yourself, but that never really jived perfectly with, with the type of person I wanted to be in life in general. And so with this little bit of uh, money in the bank, I thought, okay, now I'm in a position where I can actually sort of help. You know, I, I I can stop taking so much and start giving back. But I didn't really know how or where. Um, so like any good millennial, I jumped on the internet and started Googling and, uh, yeah, found the effective altruism movement and it was just a light bulb. Um, it, it, it was like all of the questions that I had about the charity world were answered so clearly and so rationally. And I started donating that year, made a percentage pledge the next year, and slowly built that percentage up over the years. And then that drove you to set up high-impact athletes, which is what? It's not just 10 athletes you're asking to give, right? Right, yeah. So so when COVID hit, uh, the tennis tour stopped, and I had 
more time in one place than I'd had for half my life um, and, you know, more time to think. And I realized I was, I felt like I was sort of maxing out my, my donations, but I knew that I could be a better advocate for this stuff. And high impact athletes was the end point of that thinking was how can I be the best advocate? Uh, and I thought, yeah, well, I hadn't seen the ideas of effective altruism anywhere in the sporting world. And I thought it would be nice to create sort of a movement or a, a rallying point for people to get behind. And that led to high impact athletes. And the whole idea is, is the whole idea of effective altruism in a nutshell is the question, how do we do the most good possible with each unit of resource that we have? And for most of us living in, in developed countries, that's dollars. We can donate our money. Um, so the idea of high impact athletes is pairing professional athletes with the best charities in the world and using the athlete platform to spread the message that it really matters a huge amount where you donate uh, because some charities can be literally hundreds of times more impactful per dollar than others. So names that you have dragged into high impact athletes, have you, has, it, has it resonated? Yeah, that's, that's been the amazing thing is how quickly it's been picked up. It feels like people are, are sort of waiting for something like this to come along, which is fantastic. Um, in the tennis world, the biggest name we've got, I think, would be Stefano Tsitsipas, mm-hmm. who's number four in the world now. Um, we've also got the likes of Raonic, Anderson, Struff, Milman, Lajovic. On the double side, we've got some absolute legends uh, like Daniel Nesta, um, some, of the, some of the top ten in the world right now. And then also other athletes like Joseph Parker, the, the boxer, uh, Julia Ratcliffe, Hugo Ingalls, one of New Zealand's best hockey players for, for the last decade or so. Um, yeah, I think now we've got around 25 sports represented and, and around 100 athletes. And it seems like the speed is actually really starting to build up um, with, with recruitment, which is, which is fantastic. Okay, that, that's magnificent. So once again, congratulations on the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award, but also congratulations on Olympic bronze, man. Uh, we, we were there watching, and when I mention Olympic bronze, I think of Marcus Daniel, incredibly emotional. When I talk about Olympic bronze, does it bring it right back? Oh, man, yeah. It's, uh, I, struggle, I struggle with talking about it because I do get very emotional just thinking back to the things that flooded through me after that match. Um, yeah, that was a that was a very very special time. <laughs> That's it. You know, you don't want to talk anymore, do you? Because you you want to make it through the interview. Well, uh, you, you and uh, Mike have been nominated uh, the early nominations as team of the year in the Hallibergs as well. So uh, that's a nice little cherry. Whether you make the cut, who knows? Because it's been a, it's been a crazy old year. So what's uh, f- for you over Christmas, buddy? What's what's the plan? So the plan is uh, to go to my wife's family's place in, in the States for Christmas and then from there head down to Australia and we've got two lead-up events and then the Australian Open. Well, mate, uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, but once again, congratulations on the Arthur Ashe Award, the Olympic bronze. It's been a cracking year. Here's hoping 2022 gets even better for you, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. Really appreciate it. Marcus Daniel, recipient of the Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award. Uh, that is no mean feat. You don't go out to try and get that award. Uh, and what we didn't actually say and chat about was the fact that he started off giving 1% of his annual earnings into his humanitarian causes, his charities. It's now 10%. Now, he he works on the doubles tour, right? You don't make, unless you're in the top 10, 
you're not making huge amounts of cash, right? I mean, we know that the singles tour for both men and women, you can make a pile if you're in the top 10. But, you know, uh, but he's one of the good guys. And I, what I found fascinating was talking to him about having to reset his mind game about points and staying in the game. And when his coach said, well, you know, we'll, we'll stop when you're not, uh, you know, I can see you're not enjoying this and how hard it was for him to break the barrier of getting back and enjoying the game. I mean, I wonder how many other professional athletes go through through this time and time again. If you would like to hear that interview, if you've just caught the end of it, it's up on the SENZ app now under podcasts. I think you just type in Marcus Daniel and you will find it. So that's up on the SENZ app right now with many, many other fantastic interviews that we have done across the time. It's 9.45. This is SENZ Summer Days. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of cricket and just update you on the Ashes uh, after the break. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.50 Friday morning, wherever you are around Aotearoa, I hope you're feeling good that we're, you know, I get the feeling we're we're turning the corner on this whole COVID thing. I hope I'm right because when you see things blowing up in New South Wales again, you begin to wonder, but I think our, our instructions, our restrictions are a little tougher, so I hope you have an absolutely awesome time over the summer this is your cue to call now if you want to watch parkages or a two for free thanks to our good friends at sky sport now all you do is call me and have a chat about anything you've heard this morning 0800-150811 that's 0800-150811 one of the talking points could be what david nika said to me about 40 minutes ago Stephen, I'm going to start knocking people out uh, left, right, and centre. That's that basically like that's my whole mentality towards fighting has to change. So that's that. You want to hear that again? This is the nice guy. We've, we've turned. We, he wants to be known as the nice guy. So we've said, right, you're the nice guy, David. Nice guy, Nika. This is a huge shift for us. We were all going, hang on, is this the same sort of quiet, David Nika? Listen to this confidence again. Stephen, I'm going to start knocking people out uh, left, right, and centre. That's that basically like that's my whole mentality towards fighting has to change. Oh my goodness! If you've got thoughts on that, call me now. 0800-150811. 0800-150811, and you could be a winner before midday. A uh, quick Ashes update with the Big Barrel, uh, the Big Barrel Mates Club. If you join it today at thebigbarrel.co.nz, they will look after you. No surprises. Talk to Baz about this quickly as he left the studio to head towards a long lunch. Uh, he's not surprised that Aussie are on top. Uh, man, they they finished at two twenty one for two. David Warner and Manus Nobishon just ground out the bowling on day one. Uh, Lobishon capitalised on two dropped caches to end 95 not out. And uh, Warner made 95. It was a stand of 172 and 58 overs, but it's the second time that Warner has uh, been gone for 90 in the series. Wicketkeeper Josh Butler, who had spectacularly caught Harris down the league side, put Lobishon down twice on 21 and again on 95 late. And the second one was a regulation catch. Uh, as you, If you remember yesterday, too, what happened, uh, they started the day Pat Cummins was a close COVID, close contact. So funnily enough, former skipper Steve Smith is back in the seat. I did uh, giggle a little bit when someone texted, how, how, how did Smith do that again uh, to another person? No, it was just purely uh, health reasons. All righty. It's 9.53. This is Summer Days. 0800 150811. And you can be a winner with Sky Sport now and watch Parker Jazora for free. Smith on SENZ. 
9.58, Trudy's not too far away with the latest in news and sport. Just a, a note of what's going on this weekend. Key events, as far as you might be concerned, sports-wise. Of course, the Ashes continues here on SENZ, the app. Uh, from 5 o'clock, the first ball of day two will be from approximately 5 o'clock with our cool SNZ call team there in Adelaide in the pink ball test. Of course, there is Parker Trezora and, of course, our good our good friend David Nika, the nice guy, David Nice Guy Nika. Uh, he fights Carpen early. I think he's a, he's a 7 a.m. fight, so he's early on the card. Uh, the Wellington Phoenix men and women uh, play Sydney on Sunday. That's tough. I mean, the Sydney women are 2-0, and and we know the Phoenix women they got pumped by Newcastle the other day, 5-1, and the men got pumped 4-0. So uh, they got to turn things around early in the season, though, so let's not worry. The big talking point could be the return of uh, Tom Abercrombie for the Breakers. They're playing the Illawarra Hawks. <laughs> Coached by Brian Gorjan, yeah. That's tough. They've got a doubleheader tonight and also Sunday. And, of course, the Dew Tour in uh, Copper Mountain in Colorado has Zoe Zadowski-Sinnott and Nico Portis doing their thing. We will talk to Zoe Zadowski-Sinnott live out of Copper Mountain uh, just after 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, coming your way after 10, Hamish Bond, special individual for all the right reasons. He is a machine. Some might call him a beast because he has got one of the biggest motors an athlete ever has. I've seen it for myself. Uh, these guys like Hamish Bond and Eric Murray, who now doesn't do much anymore except build houses and things and does a good job at it, uh, they know what pain is all about and how to work through pain. So Hamish Bond coming your way in summer days after 10 here on SENZ. Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. Three minutes to past ten on a Friday morning with Stephen McIver as we head towards uh, another good weekend. Uh, I'm over rain already. I had quite a bit of rain in, where, in the city of Sales and, and I know wherever you are in the Canterbury region, I hope things are okay with you if you have suffered from the rain. But I, I do have a question for you. You win three Olympic gold medals and eight world championships on the water. An Olympic bronze medal, uh, sorry, should I say Commonwealth Games bronze medal on the bike. So what do you do next? There's the question. Well, here's the answer in short order. You become a rally driver at the Otago Rally next year. That is the next challenge for Hamish Bond, who joins us right now. What are you thinking, Hamish? Uh, maybe I'm not thinking. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, the opportunity got actually the, the organisers, uh, Roger Oakley down there, they got in touch with me about being a guest driver last year, but obviously with uh, build up, well, that would be this year, I suppose, um, the event this year, but with the, that sort of conflicted with the build up to the Olympics and obviously needed to give that my full attention. So I said, look, get back in touch with me. Next year, if um, if the opportunity is still there, uh, so they reached out and said, hey, would you still like to become a rally driver? And I thought, oh, why not? That's not going to fall at my feet uh, too many times. So, yeah, give it a go. Okay, so complete novice or any experience or desire to do this? Uh, no, no, zero experience, no misspent youth, no paddock racing. Almost zero driving of manual transmission in my car history, to be honest. Um, so I'm coming in, yeah, with zero. I've been in the passenger seat a few times, done a few hot laps, and I've done five minutes with Emma Gilmore in a rally car. So I've seen how the professionals do it and how fast they can go. Um, so I am, I'm, yeah, I'm vaguely aware of it. Uh, 
but certainly behind the wheels are our experience. So what process do you now have to go through to, to make the grade safely? Um, well, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I've been asked, you know, do you need a licence or anything like that, and I've not been told, but I do. I believe it's just turn up um, and been very lucky to have the support of Magnum Motorsport uh, based in Christchurch, Shavar, supplying my Subaru Impreza. Um, and I've found their co-driver, Grant Mara, who's been you know, super helpful and a whole lot of experience and, and sort of you know trying to get me up to speed. So, uh, yeah, it's just a learning process. Um, I played, played a few bit of PlayStation when I, about 15 years ago in my youth, so I can draw on that uh, experience. But other than that, she's just going to be a learning process over the next few months. You do realise that, you know, trying to go rallying is probably even danger, more dangerous than going sort of just circuit racing because, you know, handbrakes, side, car going sideways, all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, like I think I just have to have danced that fine line between, you know, I think that's the thing with really, as soon as you think you know what you're doing and you're confident, then you end up facing the wrong way, so, um, or a tree. Uh, so it's about, <laughs> I guess, sticking within my, the limits of my capabilities. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not, the, the goal for me is not to beat Hayden Patton, the goal for me is to finish the event. <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm going to be, I assume, I don't know if it's minutes or hours behind, but significantly behind. I'm not, I'm not there to win. I'm there to yeah. enjoy the experience, get from the start to the finish safely, essentially. Yeah, well, our good friend from Skyspeed, Avalon Biddle, who you may know, who is a uh, bike racer, yes. was the guest driver last year. And she putted along and had a really good time and in a safe environment too. So uh, if, you, if you want some advice, give Avalon a call and she'll uh, you tell you what to expect. Hamish, you, you appear to me, I don't know, unsettled. I mean, are these challenges, do you, do you want to keep pushing yourself to do different things? You know, we know what you've done. You're an, an incredible ambassador for this country and, and a beast of an athlete. And you, you hopped on a bike and won a bronze medal at Commonwealth Games. What next apart from this? Um, oh, look, I mean, I am settled, I guess, at the moment and enjoying my summer. Um, have three young children, so any spare time that I do have, I'm yeah. keeping fit. Um, but any spare time that I do have is easily soaked up by them. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't go out searching for for the opportunity to drive at the Otago Rally. That sort of came to me, and I think yeah, you'd be the same if it came to your feet. You'd go, Hell okay, yes, they didn't ask me. Yes, yeah. I never get to yeah, drive well, anything. Next year, you you have to you have to hit them up next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's, that's basically the way it worked, you know. And, and I thought an opportunity too good to pass up, and obviously get to. Do it in my hometown in Dunedin. Um, that's you know where my roots are, and you know we've still got my family down there. So hopefully they'll be able to come out to the, some of the, the stages. And I, I don't know if you'll be supporting me. Uh, well, I'm sure they will be. Yeah, they'll be. They will, mate. Me. They will. As, as you putter along, 50 minutes behind everybody, they will be yeah, supporting exactly. you. you know, that's, that's the most important. <laughs> they, might, they, might, they might lower their caps. <laughs> when you reflect on this year and that gold medal in the eight. Does it sink in the importance of winning that that gold medal in the eight? Yeah, I think it's been, in some ways it's been a bit of a shame. You know, it's, it was great that we were able to get to the event and to achieve the result we did, but, um, you know, straight off the back of the games in my queue and then straight into lockdown, there hasn't been that sort of post-Olympic glow period which I've experienced in the past, particularly after London was really noticeable, slightly less after Rio. 
Um, but yeah, just the nature of events that, that hasn't really happened, which for me is not such a big deal. But I think quite a shame for the other guys who you know didn't really get to experience um, and not get the adulation but, or recognition. That's not what you do it for. But it, it is certainly nice uh, to. I guess yeah, I suppose it is some some recognition or just acknowledgement of your achievement, and like you say, help help that sink in, because uh, I suspect some of them don't really quite. They're so young, you know. Like I've been told for fifteen years by all the old boys in the sport, when are we going to do the eight, the eight, the eight, the eight? Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've met everyone who was alive pre seventy two, and been told half a thousand times about how <laughs> we need to do the eight, and that's going to be. Um, you know, to be all in indoor, and and I and I felt that, and that was my motive, or part certainly part of my motivation for coming back to the sport from cycling and and taking on that challenge was that I knew that winning the eight and climbing that, I guess, Everest of the sport would 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 uh, you know be different to what to the success that we've had in the past, and I think that's been reflected in my you know my experiences around the streets here in Mount Maunganui. Um, you know, people have, have have been very congratulatory and and very uh, you know it's been a, a great experience getting that uh, knowing that we have had and have had an effect and and, and mm-hmm. that um, that you know the eight just it, it's different the the I think the events you know what we do Eric and I Maho Rob they sort of reflect uh, individual ability and you know physical you know, freak of nature sort of status, but winning the eight is bigger than that. You need good athletes, but you need a good system, you need depth, and it's about country versus country as opposed to athlete versus athlete, and it, it takes it to a different level. So to line up in a final against the pillars of eights rowing, um, you know, there's only a small number of countries who have ever won the eight. It's basically Germany, USA, the um, and the and Great Britain. You know, they're pretty much the only countries that have won it. Um, and they were sort of all the, the major countries represented in the final. I mean, to be there, New Zealand, far smaller, far, I guess, less obvious uh, boat to be in the final I and mean, then to really perform on the day and, and win was... I wouldn't say we pulled a rabbit out of the bag. I, I knew, or out of the hat, I knew we were capable of it and I knew it added up empirically, but to actually go and achieve it um, was... Yeah, I, even I was a little... Yeah, surprised, I guess, or just um, yeah, blown away. I've always wondered what motivates you. Is it the desire for success, the desire to challenge yourself? What is it? Um, it's a, probably a little bit of all of that, I, I suppose. Uh, I've, I think it's kind. Of, it's been just wondering if I can. You know, that's that's you sort of get to the top of top of the hill and then you look over and there's another hill and you go, oh, maybe I could. Uh, so, you know, you never know unless you give it a go. Uh, and and that was probably certainly the process for cycling. Um, I'd always been interested to, I'd, you know, I'd dabbled when I was training, but I'd never really taken it seriously. But I thought, well, what would happen if I took this seriously? So gave that a go and got a, got a fairly good understanding of what my limits were. And the same sort of process with the eight, it's something that we'd spoken about as a group, you know, the likes of Mahe, Eric, myself, it's something that we would have loved to have thrown all our eggs into one basket previously, but we were obviously all doing our own things at that time and, and having great success, and it just didn't didn't make sense. But it was sort of something, you know, it's something that I thought if I retire without doing it, that's something that I might regret. So 
first and foremost, it was about having a go. And, and I did look at, you know, I, I wasn't stupid about it. I surveyed the, the, the resources and talent available, and I thought, you know, you know this, this could work. Um, and I felt, you know, if I try and impart some of the knowledge that I've learned uh, with Eric and, and also cycling just you know, that I've accumulated over the years and try and uh, really springboard some of these young guys who have, have a lot of talent but, you know, really help them capitalise on that, uh, you know, accelerate that process, then it, it could, could come off, and it did. Is there anything else in the Olympic arena you need to do now? There's certainly no other sports. Uh, no, my, my family or my, my in-laws have certainly been through the Olympic program and yeah, we've, we've assessed that I do not have any uh, applicable talent to any other sports, basically, than, than cycling or rowing. Do you need to do it again? Do you want to go to Paris? Is the, is the hunger still there? Do you need that fix? Uh, it's probably too hard to say at this point, and it's going to be a pragmatic decision, I think, I guess, logistically with, with family. Um, the commitments are getting harder and harder, uh, and, yeah, whether the the it's, the reality is, unless you go in the single, you need crew mates as well, so it's, it's surveying what talent's around and the, and the likelihood of success. I certainly at this age, I'm not taking on a challenge that I, I don't think has a reasonable chance of success, so um, that'll play into the equation as well. So I've sort of given myself the summer to to really just sit back and and you know assess assess my situation, I guess. Well, Hamish, you deserve a good summer with your family and just sit back and relax and do nothing and just enjoy family time. Uh, well, I, I didn't say I'm doing nothing. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What are you doing? Oh, look, I mean, I'm just training just to keep the fires burning. I don't think, you know, switching off the engine, going from absolute peak fitness to, to nothing at all is not going to help anyone's physical or mental state. <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, help so, yourself. You cannot help yourself. Oh, no, look, I'm trying to be smart about it. I, I know I'm going to go. I've seen plenty of athletes switch the engine off straight away, and it does not go well for them. Uh, Are you having a crack at Eric and his, and his rig? Oh, you know, it's easy to stop the training. It's not as easy to stop the eating. So you've got to you've got to maintain that balance between calories and input and output. So I'm just keeping fit, you know, uh, and I enjoy that. I'm not finding that onerous at the moment. Just keeping that uh, that sort of base level maintained. That is and the I most. I do that regardless of whether I'm coming back to the sport or not. That's the most politically correct burn I've ever heard, mate. Ha- <laughs> happy Christmas! Thanks for the time. Thanks for uh, making another highlight reel in uh, 2021. And, and I think you and I can talk uh, next year on this rally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I'll uh, I'll pass on your number. All right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Hamish Bond, a triple gold medalist, Commonwealth Games bronze medalist, and soon to be in 2022, Hamish Bond rally driver. And I'll be blunt with you, you talk to anyone in the rowing circles, he has got the biggest motor in the game. 10.16 on SENZ Summer Days. That interview will be up in the next half hour probably on our SENZ app if you want to listen. It is a, he is a very, very smart individual. Like the next two coming. On the panel, I think. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 10.22 on a Friday time for the panel. Boy, look out! Look at this panel. One's an Englishman crying over the spilt milk of the first down the ashes, James Regan from TV3. Morning, James. Good morning. Yeah, I think that's 
Probably the only way to get <laughs> Good that. morning. Good morning. Dragging his feet. And the one man, uh, the next bloke I haven't spoken to in ages, he's a, he's a good mate. He is a rugby league tragic and he knows his footy back to front. Uh, now works in, I think it's content creation with his own company called Acker Merck. Would that be right, Sam Ackerman? Well, good to see, speak to you too, Stephen, but I will uh, say that it's uh, my wife's company because uh, she's, she's the boss and you know uh, both of us and you know damn well I'm right. Uh, no, I know that you are whipped. It's as simple as that. So, oh. <laughs> oh, whipped whip, whip would be an upgrade. Stephen. I'll take that. <laughs> well, okay, let's lads. Let's start with a bit of footy, shall we? Uh, and you know, we're into pre-season in the NRL. The boys are going to all get a break shortly. But you know, you you look on social media and you get that classic old one. It's going to be our year, Warriors year next year. Sammy, what do you think? I mean, have they recruited well enough? And do do they look like they're either going to challenge or be once again middle of the table? Uh, I want to be proven wrong, but I feel it's middle of the table. I don't look at that squad and go, "This is the one." Mm. Finally, we've we've got a team to put there. For me personally, you can't. Um, there's with the greatest respect to um, some of Reese Walsh, who I, I love to watch. Uh, you can't take Roger Tuivasa-Shek out of a team and convince me they're going to go better the next year. I I, I don't have have that level of, of faith in the rest of the squad without the, one of the best players ever lace up a boot for the Warriors. And uh, I, I'm okay with the squad. I think it's good. I think they can challenge. I think they can uh, make some, um, some inroads uh, as opposed to what they produced this year. But I don't look at the squad and think it's the one that's going uh, to rewrite history. We might break down that a little bit. But first of all, James, your initial impression of that question about what, what do you expect from them next year? Yeah, I'd, I'd go about the same. I think they'll make a better push for the eight than they did this year, certainly toward the back end, if everyone stays fit, of course. But, yeah, what Sam said about Reese, I think another season this season will do him really well. But taking Roger out is just, yeah, it doesn't give you a lot of hope that they're going to have that X factor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The on the line. That's interesting. I know, you, I know you're talking X factor and leadership, but, you know, and... I'm not going to put the mocker on, but Johnson is back. He's somewhat of a talisman. But for me, uh, they still lack direction, and I'm not sure. And I'm not being unkind to Sean because we we know he's a talent, uh, Sam, but never really led a team around with direction. Always been a, you know, loose ball, let him go. Just let him run. Let him do his thing. Yeah, and who they put with him in the halves is massive, Stephen. Uh, when they decide how they're going to go, if Ash Taylor gets his way in, that's fine. I've got um, huge wraps on um, Trail House to beat. I, I really, really like those uh, the options and the uh, they have there. But who they put with him and giving him um, a bit of consistency. Of course, it's Cody Nicarima. There's lots of talent there, but they I I think that there's a danger that there's too much even level of depth that we'll see a lot of chopping and changing, and that won't help Sean Johnson um, for what he wants to do or what he needs to do. I, I think he's going to be a, a very different Sean Johnson than the Warriors Sean Johnson we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I think the Sharks' experience will, uh, I don't say grounded him, but he went to a team where it wasn't all about him. And I don't, you know, it, I think that the fans, the media, the coaching staff, uh, other players, all played a role. And um, when Sean Johnson was at the team, that the team well, it was about Sean Johnson. It, it, it was. He, everything revolved around him. He was um, the reason they won and the reason they lost in the in the eyes of so many. I don't think that'll be the same level this time around. And I don't think Sean will be trying to do everything himself like he found himself doing. Uh, too often. Uh, I think Sean's matured enough and what I noticed is that the Sharks, he didn't touch the ball 
in his own 20 as much as he used to do with the Warriors. He didn't try to make everything happen from every given moment. Um, and that's the sign of a of a maturing and a better halfback because you, you you pick and choose your moments to come in and try to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Because if you try to do it all the time, then uh, it's the law of diminishing returns. So I, I, I'm excited for what um, what will bring to the team. It's really about how he's um, how he's given that support because, like you say, he's not he's not your um, run of the mill by run of the mill. I mean, yeah, I know typical. Yeah. Uh, marshaller of, of, of bodies. He is a game-breaker, but you need somebody who's going to give him the right compliment. Yeah, someone's got to recognise that. For me, James, I'd be putting Ash Taylor in with him. I'm not a, I'm not a Cody Renekarima fan. He is a 14 for me. Chanel Harris-DeVito, I'm hearing, potentially, I'm only hearing this, there could be, it could be just scurrilous gossip, a potential nine. Yeah, I think regardless of what they do, they have to stick with it and they have to decide early on yep. what costs them. And obviously frustrated Nathan Brown last year when they chopped and changed a lot. Part of that was due to injury, but whatever they do, whether it's Ash Taylor or Chanel or wherever, they have to stick with it and they have to give it a good few games at the start of the season. Otherwise, they're just going to end up in the same place they were last season and they couldn't get a grip on the game. One thing I'll say about Sean is he's probably the right kind of player they need, given Rogers gone. He's obviously got the respect among the playing group and he's He's going to be a different player to obviously we saw the last time he was at the club, and I think he said that he's he's looking to take on a bit more of a, a bit more of an onus in that spine, which is great. But whoever you pair with him, you've got to stick. And I think Chanel is probably another year or so away from being that that standout kind of half that we want him to be, whether he plays at hooker or not. I don't know, Stephen. Maybe you know more than no, me, but. No, I don't. I don't know anything, mate. All I all all I know. All 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 I'll I. Vouch for that. I'll vouch for that. Wow! Wow! Shots! Shots! <laughs> shots fired. Okay, a short segment here, like ninety seconds. Uh, I'll go to James first, the polite Englishman. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams, five to ten fights in the next two years. What do you think? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt him. I think there's one thing if you can say about Sonny Bill, if he puts his mind to it and he and he really wants to go out there, he can do it. Uh, what kind of fights or what calibre of fights they are, I don't know. But if he's going to get in the ring... We've seen him training with Joseph Parker and David Nika a bit on social media this week, and he mm-hmm. looks he looks pretty good, regardless of what you think you know about his, about his options. He looks in really good shape. So I think if he's going to give it a crack, he could probably get another couple of fights, yeah. Sammy? He's in the right to do whatever he likes, and I don't care. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in watching Sandal fight. Uh, he, you know, if he fights people that are worth watching, sure, but I'm not going to watch Sandal you, fight. You sound like, you're so Christmas Grinchy. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Well, what he can it? do what he likes. He's in the right. I, 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 it's just that Sandal as a fighter has never done it for me. I, it's all part of, the, part of the hype and part of the SBW train, and great. Right. And I, he is an incredible talent, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm not excited or. Um, <laughs> Or upset or anything. This is what living. This is what living in the Bay of Plenty has done to you, right? This is what living in the Bay of Plenty has done to you. Do you have a walking frame yet? Because it's so relaxed over there. Do you need your walker? Hey, I I take umbrage there. I've got one of those uh, concealed uh, plastic dome buggies. I drive everywhere on the footpath and run over teenagers. Mate, I can see that. And I'll tell you one thing: your wife would be putting mags on it. Stay there, boys. I'll be back with you shortly. (laughs) It's half past ten. Opinions. The panel. Talk to me, yeah. 10.32 in the case of Sam Ackerman, big mouth after that burn. 
Come on, Sammy, don't give me that, eh? Oh, you are you are in dead set. I'm talking to your wife to ch- change I up on with you. change up on the whipping. I'm, I'm getting abuse for agreeing with you. I don't understand, Stephen. You, I, I'm backing you up. I'm, I'm, I'm just hold, I'm just holding off on you for a moment because I'm going to talk to James, who sounded very sulky this morning when I introduced him because his team are, are, are struggling in the Ashes second test. Uh, are they toast already? Two twenty one for two uh, Aussie on the end of day one's play. Uh, yeah, it's definitely looking like that, isn't it? I mean, come on, smile, mate, themselves. smile. Lift the energy, lift the no, energy. No, no. I mean, they've only got themselves to blame. They dropped Labuschagne twice, I think, and yep. you just can't miss those kinds of opportunities. Why they didn't play Mark Wood, I don't know, because apparently he was bowling full pelt in the Nets for a good part of the day as well. So the Ashes is on the line, and and they didn't really didn't really put up much of a fight when they should have. They should have taken their opportunities. And they should have been a lot better as well. Their lengths were all over the place. Stuart Ford looked really promising early on, but no one really was able to back him up, which was really disappointing because there was a lot of optimism, uh, whether it was warranted or not, going into that day. So, yeah, it's, it's probably done. As an, English, as an Englishman, does this hurt you? Actually, you know, as a follower of the English cricket team, does this actually hurt you? Yeah, absolutely, because everything, regardless of where you play or who you play, it all comes down to the Ashes, and especially in Australia as well. I think if you're Joe Root, he's, he's admitted before that you know the Ashes in Australia could define his captaincy when he looks back on his career. So to not really put up much of a fight as well, I know there's, there's a, long, you know, a long way to go in this one still, but they've got to come up with something quick, otherwise... Yeah, that's how it's say. Sam, the one thing about this, any Australian team, if they get if, if they get you in the head, you're gone, aren't you? And particularly when the Ashes is such an emotional series. Absolutely. And I actually thought that the uh, the Pat Cummins situation could have backfired on Australia a little bit and Steve Smith um, being made captain could be a, uh, a massively unwanted distraction. But unfortunately, England weren't good enough on the day to come to the party. I mean, they, they had the opportunity to take a team that would have been a little bit rattled. Uh, and uh, all the names are there on paper, right, of mm-hmm. this English side. I mean, you, you look you look at the team and you go, oh, you know, these guys are all world-class on their day. Well, I don't know if they know which day it is, let alone it being their day at the moment with the performances they're, they're putting out. It's not. This is not the level that we had anticipated coming into an Ashes series because the thing I love about the, the series is being, you know, having, I don't know, a horse in the race with it at all is that, you kind of enter and go, well, it's in Australia, so Australia should win. But, you know, England have proven they can take the challenge before. Same thing when it's up the other part of the world. But this has been uh, unfortunately heavily lopsided, not a um, not a joy to watch so far. And it's not a joy to watch Australia win comfortably, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's a long road back. Uh, and I'd like to think, uh, think that they've uh, got their a quality batting lineup that's thinking, right, well, we're going to dig in here. This is a chance for us to show our stickability, um, the fact we can uh, hold our nerve and we can make take this out to an opportunity to go for a draw. That's, that's honestly, I know, I know it's that one day down, it's only a couple of hundred runs, but the mentality has to be uh, making sure they show some backbone rather than uh, being super aggressive from here on in. Hear, hear, old chap, hear, hear. Uh, nominations, the early nominations are out for the Halleberg Awards, the 59th edition, James, Sportsman of the Year. There is a huge amount of talent in this, but for me, I'm going to tell you who I favour. Uh, I show huge bias with Shane Van Gisbergen winning the his second Supercars Championship, 
But I've got a real soft spot for Paul Cole after the squash player won the British Open, which is their, which is their Wimbledon, right? Yeah, I think every time Paul Cole has a good show, everyone gets behind him, which is great. But he still doesn't seem to maybe get the credit he deserves. About time then, right? Absolutely, yeah. And what what better year? Because there's not really a a huge standout uh, for sportsman of the year. We've been talking about this quite a bit recently in, in in the newsroom. And everyone's done pretty well, but no one's really dominated... Uh, their field in the way that we've seen in the past. So, yeah, maybe Paul Cole is a really good shout. There's, there's Chris Wood in there as well, who I don't think he'll get it, but he certainly, every year, he, he, he performs consistently. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's tough because it's not a huge standout. Yeah, I, 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 well, you, well, you talk consistency. I could go back to Shane Van Gisbergen, who was totally dominant uh, this year. I mean, you know what it's like, and I am a cynic when it comes to the Halberg Awards. It's an Olympic year, so maybe a bronze medal to Dylan Schmidt in gymnastics, which came out of the blue and was a really it was a, uh, a trampoline. Excuse me, but they've, I'm just reading off their press release. Okay, John, uh, tr- trampoline. <laughs> uh, what about what about you, Sammy? Who do you, who do you like? First of all, it's a great field of achievement. But to me, uh, as listen, I've, I've been—I was a judge for a few years, and the, the criteria is a very um, a kind of strict and straightforward one. And yeah. I, 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 I love the achievements of Paul Cole. I don't think that the achievements of Paul Cole puts him into the um, the realm of winning. Now, what we should—and that's down to the pinnacle events. And while the yeah. uh, the victory was a huge one, it is not the pinnacle event. Whereas a lot of these. Well, hang on, hang Olympians, on, hang on. No, 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 no. The British Open is revered more highly in squash than the World Champs. That doesn't make it the pinnacle event, though. It is that you're talking about the the emotive side about no what no not at means. all it's like not that. at all 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 squash players want to win the British Open they don't care about the World Championship. No, I, I, I'm I'm not disagreeing that that's the case I'm telling you you I'm telling you from the judging criteria the pinnacle event for squash yeah, okay. will be listed as the World Championship yawn yawn right? that's the problem well so well. I, I, whether you like or, or loathe the, the Halbergs, yep. the fact is that yep. the judges, you know, then the, prob- the problems come when the judges do vote in the way that a human would vote with the, that being jokes that then yeah. becomes an uneven situation for those voting with different sets of criteria. Anyway, that's boring. I want to talk to the fact, about the fact that this is actually a two-year cycle, right? This isn't just the achievements in the year 2021. It's also the year 2020 because of uh, the COVID dramas. So I'm really interested in Scott McLaughlin versus Shane Van Gisbergen because technically, aren't they both up for the same thing? They are. They Winning are. The, so so as a... Um, as a you know, there's very few people I'd, I'd ever put above you for this conversation, Stephen. So <laughs> how do you split that? What, what, make, what oh, makes Shane yeah. Van Gisbergen ahead of Scott McLaughlin? Because Scott, Scotty reacted, what, there was three, three on the trot? Three on the trot, uh, yeah. And that would have included, would that have included a Bathurst one? Yep, yes, it would have included the Bathurst so one that, that, that year as well. Does that, does that not put him above Shane? Uh... I don't know. It's a tough one. Look, uh, that's that's yeah. why that's why I have a, that's why I have an issue with these. Anyway, let's let's just move on because we'll argue. Uh, Sportswoman of the year. Who do you like, James? It's a pretty heavy field for me. There's only, frankly, there's, there is only one standout, isn't there? Yeah, we could debate all day about the sportsman, but I think the debate would be pretty short on sportswoman. It's got to be Lisa Carrington, doesn't it? I mean, there's not really much else you can say. Uh, what a, what the, a the only the only of, of New Zealand Olympians and and everything that comes with that and 
an incredible person as well. So yeah, which it's, I which I I struggle with, right? Because you talk about and you said it's an Olympic event, and and Sam talked about peak event, but and again, I, I I'm not showing any bias, but you look at Courtney Duncan, right? Back to back world champion, right? That's a tough field. Then you've got Sarah Hirony, who has just picked up the, the major gongs, three gongs at the, the Rugby Awards, Sam. I mean, wow, you know? No, absolutely. And you talk about the, the achievements of um, Zoe Zdowski's Senate. I mean, um, she's been phenomenal in this early stage of her career. And Emma Twigg being a gold medal yeah. uh, medalist at the Olympics. Is like, I've just said it, and I'm not a rowing guy at all. And the hairs on the back of my neck have gone up because yeah. of, what she's gone through to achieve that is unbelievable. That's an amazing story for New Zealand. And, but, and hey, but you just told me emotion doesn't matter, Sam. Emotion doesn't but, matter. Absolutely. So there, there, are so, there are so many amazing stories. That if you said these person been crowned sportswoman of the world uh, of the year, you wouldn't you wouldn't argue. But it has to be Lisa Carrington. There is no anyone who says that someone else will beat her will be as um, as as fishing in the wrong lake. And uh, have you seen the Instagram photo of her with her five gold medals as the decorations yeah, on, on the Christmas tree? Pretty cool, amazing, yeah, amazing. No. So she is uh, she's the one of the kind. Of course, she's from the Bay of Plenty. So um, represent. Oh please, okay. <laughs> hey, so is Jimmy Regan. Jimmy Regan grew up in Tarawa. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're you're well outnumbered yeah. here. All righty. I used to I yeah. used to holler that Mount Monganui. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fairness, it's going to living down here. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I am plastic, Bay of Plenty, but don't worry, I'll, I'll wear the, bra- the badge very, um, very proudly. All righty, final thoughts, boys. Team of the year. Oh, this, it's an interesting one. Uh, what do you do? Gosh, uh, Burling and Tuke and sailing. Uh, Emirates team, New Zealand win the America's Cup. The Black Ferns Sevens. They are, well, oh, there you go. There's your winners just there. Oh, hang on. Or oh, the Black Caps, right? What do you think, James? Yeah, this is probably the most interesting one for mine because uh, there's so many teams that have done incredibly well at the, as you say, pinnacle events. For me, it probably has to be the Black Hat. Uh, and I don't know why. I couldn't tell you outright why, but there's just a feeling about it that the way they overcome everything they did, with, and bearing in mind COVID and everything as well, taking on India, yeah, it has to be Black Caps. Uh, the men's eight is, is pretty up there as well. That was, as Sam mm. said, a, a pretty emotional race, definitely, and, and you kind of get goosebumps just thinking about it now. But I think the Black Caps might just edge it for mine. Yeah, but the history attached to that one, as Hamish Bond told us 30 minutes ago, uh, was incredible, and that's one of the reasons he did, because he was always being asked, when are you going to do the eight? When are you going to do the eight? And he took that as motivation to, to do it. Okay, quickly, Sam, uh, who's your team of the year? Uh, I would go with the Black Caps as a personal um, thought, um, but I think that the men's eight, uh, the history factor, and given that we're not talking about members of the public voting for this role, it's um, a lot of uh, people on the panel will be uh, sports media, and that has been a um, something that the media have been clamouring for for a, an awful long time. It, uh, but So I think the men's eight are a very good shout, and I would uh, never have any problem with that women's 17 winning any accolade that they've received. So uh, it's, uh, I'll lean towards the Black Caps, but, Jesus, what a field. Amazing it, field. It is. All right, lads, James, happy Christmas, mate. Be safe. And, Sammy, give my love to uh, Mercedes and uh, try to uh, put some mags on that uh, little uh, machine you've got that you roll around with it to, to replace your walker, okay? Well, mate, if you can if you can handle the massive uh, snake-like cues getting out of uh, town, come down and see us, Stephen. And uh, hopefully you'll come down for the summer, Jimmy. We'll catch up for a beer.
He doesn't want to, so he didn't even respond. He doesn't want to have a beer with you. Yeah, true, I don't blame him. Can't blame him. <laughs> Happy Christmas, boys. <laughs> Thanks very much. James Regan from TV3 and Sam Ackerman from his wife's company, Ackerman Content Creators in Tangaroa. They're both good buggers. It's 10.44. 10.49 pops from the TAB and Louis Herman what not too far away. Just if you're a Breakers fan, a Sky Sport City Breakers, Sky Sport Breakers, uh, they're back into it tonight and Sunday. And good news is... Skipper and key stopper Tom Abercrombie and import Jeremiah Martin are both recovered from injury and they will suit up for both games, which is good because they are oh, the big donut and three and they need to get their campaign back on track. They've struggled. Remember, they had the COVID issues ahead of the first game and then they've got all sorts of problems. There's the potential possibility and this is an outside chance that their new injury replacement, uh, NBA backcourter Chasson Randall, who came from Orlando, could play Sunday if things get nasty. But the good news is, Big Tom's back, their leader, and Jeremiah Martin's back, and they face the 2-0 LOR Hawks under Brian Gorgon. It is going to be a tough one first up tonight. Make sure that you watch it all. It's 10.50. Everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz Racing's biggest fan. And this would be normally where our thoroughbred Louis Herman Watt uh, pops up and tells us what's going on with the uh, markets open or uh, events being cancelled. Uh, gone missing, one might suggest on Ponsonby Road. Yes, Stephen. With it's Baz a- and Izzy at Prego. Yeah, exactly. It's a big morning for breakfast. They were already having a tipple just before we started very this morning un- at nine. Very unprofessional. Louis, this is your slot. I, so often he badges me too. He's like, oh, I've only got two minutes today for my love racing slot. It's like, yeah, Louis, that's all you're getting. Well, maybe... Maybe in 2022, he won't be getting any minutes on the clock. Uh, wow. because Spoken like the producer with a big stick. Well, he should know. He's a producer himself of breakfast. So <laughs> what's he doing wow. leaving us in the lurch like this? Back the truck up. Because though. me and you, Back between me and you, Stephen, how much do we know about horse racing, do you uh, think? Uh, about zero. Yeah. I, I have driven a trotter, though. I, I, I run a trotter in a celebrity You've race. Driven. You've driven. I've driven a trotter. Yeah. Yes, I've driven a trotter. You drive a trotter. Uh, no, I pay, whatever. Ten lengths, one by ten lengths. Lagavulin, never raced again. Never raced again. One and done. One and done. But I could I could tell you what I was whipping things like that, and Pops would love that from the TAB. I've driven a trotter, a winner, Pops. Have you? Yeah, Lagavulin, 1980, oh gosh, 83, 84, when I was a young radio DJ in Hamilton, out to the Cambridge races, was a regular visitor. They had a great time and had the chance. The Mitchells, uh, the Mitchell family, they yeah. Todd's father uh, trained me, went out there and actually did the proper training behind the horses, beside the, them, the whole nine yards. It was a magnificent experience. And if you ever get the chance to do that, or, and if you probably have already, uh, it's, fa- I it's, I I it's fascinating because the power of the horse, you know, and, and you're holding the reins, and then when you, when you, get, when you let out on your own, uh, that's when it all hits the fan. But it's really exciting. It's good fun. And 10 lengths, baby. Net one and done. Oh. Boom. Oh. <laughs> listen to that. Listen to that. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah so and how, you'd, you'd gamble irresponsibly on me on that one. You would have you would have made a fortune. <laughs> this is Brendan Popular from the TAB. Uh, download the app and uh, remember to be responsible. It's R18 like Pops is always. What's good today, buddy? What's good today is, well, there's lots on darts. Let's talk about yeah, darts. Yeah, World Championship. Oh, wow, what a match coming up very shortly. Adrian Lewis versus Anderson. And I can Ooh. tell you that there's been a little bit of money towards Lewis. Now, of course, uh, this is a, a mouthwatering clash. Two guys have won world titles, but there's been some money coming towards uh, uh, towards Lewis. 
favoritism at the moment is with Gary Anderson uh, at present, but maybe look towards that 180 mark. There's a couple of bits there you can look around uh, in terms of total 180s or 180s for each player. So uh, that's going to be starting in about six minutes. Gary Anderson, 152. Adrian Lewis, 230. And I want to get to the NFL because Thursday night, of course, Friday morning here, but the Chargers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs who are on a run. They won their last six matches. $1.54 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Los Angeles Chargers, 235. And we've seen a lot of money for a potential shootout here tonight on the overs. Uh, yes, 52.5 points, total points. One punt has laid down Stephen McIver's weekly wage on ECNZ of $5,800 on the total points to be over 52.5. Oh, wow. What was that horse we picked? It was a rocket man, wasn't it? Rocket man. I don't know. Oh, that was yesterday. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm all over the place, buddy. It's okay. Hey, Paps, Pops, Paps, Paps. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you doing for Christmas, mate? <laughs> well, uh, working, um, actually. So um, we'll, let, we'll have a break from about the 4th of Jan. We'll, we'll charge on through. Lots of racing on. So um, then we'll take a break about 4th of Jan down to Hawke's Bay. Oh, that'd be terrible. How the, what are the kids asking for? Um, cricket equipment, uh, golfing equipment. Golfing um, equipment? How old are they? Uh, 10 and 8. So, yeah, they is, give is, everything is, a crack. Is, is it Dad's influence, golfing equipment? <laughs> well, yeah, a bit of both. I mean, there's money in cricket and golf, so, um, you know, just steer them towards that direction and see what happens. Wow, and you are the great golfer. Hey, Pops, as always, uh, thanks for your time. Have a great weekend, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Download the TAB app. It's R18. <laughs> Trudy's up next. Oh my gosh, it's Friday. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. The reigning world champion. Let's see if she can defend her title from two years ago in Park City. Starting switch with a switchback blunt, switchback board to forward, and a back blunt to center. Oh, this rail line is really, really sick. Let's see if she can land it. Oh, she does land it. She does land it. And she goes for a frontside seven on the second one. The and she lands there. it as well. She lost a little bit, the grab immediate. And the best part of the run. Pack 1080! So she, <laughs> she lands when it right the down down to the wire. Zoe Sadowski Sinner. She does! With her last and final run, Zoe Sadowski Sinner with a gold around the neck. That's right, Zoe Zadusky sent a, a, a slope-style gold at the World Champs in Aspen in 2021. She joins us now li- live, now out of Copper Mountain in Colorado. Hey, Zoe, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Now, I'm told qualifying for the Dew Mountain Tour has been called off, so it's a, a straight final in the slope-style. Yeah, we had a spell of bad weather, super windy and a bit of snow and couldn't make speed for the jump, so they had to cancel the qualifiers. And so we're, we have a straight final on Saturday with the whole women's field, um, but we still get three runs like a normal final, so shouldn't be too bad and the weather was looking amazing. So, 
Yeah, I could think of worse places to be in. When when you hear back and that you're winning a world championship in slopestyle, what does that say to you about how far you've come from your bronze big air in Pyeongchang? Yeah, looking back, it's kind of hard to believe. Um, I don't think my 16-year-old self would have believed um, that I would have been able to uh, become world champion last year, um, or earlier this year. But, um, yeah, I just love snowboarding and stoked that I'm still able to do this and that it's my job. So, yeah, I couldn't be more stoked. Yeah, I can completely understand. What is it about snowboarding that gives you that rush? Um, I don't know. I just love the mountains and um, being out in nature and the feeling of landing a new trick and just feeling confident on your snowboard. It's just a feeling that I love. So much preparation goes into tricks and making sure that you can be that much better, that inch better than your competition. How much in this off-season were you working on new tricks and can you maybe just give us an idea of what one of your new tricks might be if you've got a couple up your sleeve? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a pretty epic season in New Zealand bar lockdown. Um, and yeah, Kadrona and Snow Sports New Zealand and High Performance Sport New Zealand made sure that we had everything we needed so that we could train and um, pick off some goals and yeah, it ended up being a pretty successful season and Coming into this one, I've been overseas for three weeks now, and yeah, due to so first comp of the season, and pretty keen to get back in the swing of things and just build my way into it. Yeah. I don't know if I've got any any trick ideas that I want to give out, but oh, come yeah. on, Zoe, come on, give me something, come on. Um, I don't know. I've got um, yeah, just. Got some certain goals that I want to take <laughs> off this comp and hopefully, hopefully manage to do it if the speed's all good for the jump. Hey, mate, your your good friend Nico Portius, who I spoke to about a month ago, he told me he was working on stuff. He he dropped a big one. So you so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him next week and tell him you're holding everything close to your chest. Is that because you have <laughs> a, is that because you've got an Olympics coming up and you want to keep something fresh for everybody and, and blow them out of the water? Um, not really. I've just, I think everyone knows what I've been working on, but, um... I don't? Yeah, it's just, it (laughs) it really depends on the day, whether I can pull it all together and uh, manage to link everything up. There's a lot of things that need to line up conditions-wise and weather, so, yeah, you're just going to have to wait and see, I guess. Yes, I am. You've put me in my place straight away. I'm getting nothing out of you today. Talk to me about the Dew Tour and how important it is uh, in preparation for Beijing. Yeah, um, the Dew Tour is a pretty uh, decorated event in snowboarding. It's been going on for a long time. and It's one of those invite-only events and lucky enough to uh, have competed here for the last um, three years, except for last year because of covid but it's just an important comp because all the best riders are here and first slope-style competition of the season. So, I know, everyone's been working on stuff in the off-season and this is where you kind of see where everyone's at. 
So it's been such a rapid rise for you. 16, you win an Olympic bronze medal. Now you're a world champion. You're an uh, X Games gold medalist. How have you handled that pressure that comes with that? Suddenly you're you're the, the rider with the target on your back. They want to beat you. Um, I wouldn't say that. I think everyone I compete against, like, there's a group of, I think, like 10, 15 girls at the top who honestly on any given day, any... Any of them could take it. They're all uh, really good snowboarders. So, yeah, I guess um, I had a lot last season, which I was super stoked on and managed to uh, achieve the goals that I set out to do. And I think that helped a lot. And I'm just, yeah, going to try and um, keep my head straight and um, carry that into this season, hopefully. As we look forward to Beijing, are you going to do big air and slope style? Yeah, I'm going to be doing slope style first and then bigger after. And um, for snowboarding and skiing, if you've qualified for one, you've qualified for both. So, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Um, have you worked on anything for the big air that you can maybe tell us? Or is this, again, sorry, the, the safe is locked. I'm not telling you anything. Um, I'm more like the safe is locked. I don't want to jinx myself. Um, but I've got a few things that I really want to do. Nice. Um, that I've been thinking about for a long time, but I think everything just needs to come together for it to work out. <laughs> How okay? So when you when you do a new trick, difficulty is probably where you score a lot of points, right? So are you the are you a devil may care type of individual? Who goes, you know what? I'll give it a nudge, or you do you sit back and go, oh, I'm not so sure about that. You know, wh- what type of personality do you take into learning new tricks? Um, I'd say I'm a pretty calculated uh, risk taker. Um, you kind of need that in snowboarding to be able to like know when you're ready to chuck a new trick. That's a bit harder, um, and there's a lot of risk involved. You know, you kind of have to weigh the risk over reward. Um, but yeah, so much preparation goes into a trick before you um, pull trigger and try it. It's usually a really long process, but um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting thing to work on a new big trick. So, yeah, I'm excited for the ones that I've set out to do. <laughs> Which no one knows, and that's the way it's going to be. But you have you would have pulled the trigger in practice. Now, can you tell me, have you pulled the trigger on a couple of new tricks and it's worked and you've gone, yeah, baby, yeah? Um, no, nah, I wouldn't say that. Um, I'd say I've still got a lot of work to do and I'm... I'm, uh, yeah, staying focused because, yeah, there's a few more things that I've, I've got to do before um, the games come round. You were 16 when you, as you said, you were 16 when you won the, won the Olympic bronze medal. How much stronger physically are you now? Um, I would say a lot stronger. I, uh, yeah, snowboarding's become my whole life and, um, with that comes a lot of off-snow training, like going to the gym and stuff like that. And I think I've spent a lot of time, yeah, trying to become a stronger um, athlete so that I can snowboard better and prevent injuries, as well as um, become a much uh, like mentally stronger competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just comes with time, competing, and experience. And, yeah, just over the last four years, I think, yeah, still come uh, a bit further along, which is good.
Do you hang out with the likes of uh, Nico on the tour? Do you hang out with any Kiwis, or do you do you have a select group of uh, other boarders you like to hang with? No, nah, no, nah, we're all um, we're all friends on tour. Um, hung out with uh, the whole rest of the team last night. We're lucky enough to be able to hang out in our bubble this this season. Um, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. We're all at due tour this week. Nico made it through to finals. Um, competing on Saturday as well, and then Finn Billis made it through to finals today, and he's competing tomorrow. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting, all of us in the same spot, and, yeah, doing well as well, which is sick. How many more events have you got before Beijing to get yourself, you know, get it right? Um, Events before Beijing, I have this one... Um, Calgary World Cup slope style, possibly Larks World Cup slope style, and then X Games slope style and Big Air. Oh, man, so that's got cool. a few more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but um, looking forward to them. Just just have a Christmas break coming up and then get back into the swing of things and really uh, yeah, get to work. Is it hard to be away at Christmas or is the focus purely on the games? Um, it's not too hard, actually. It's, um, it's nice being back in the mix and back snowboarding and competing. So it sucks being away from family, but it's just what has to happen. It would be nice if we could uh, fly home and be able to spend Christmas with the family, but it's all good. Uh, hopefully next year. Have you had a summer? Um, not exactly, get a little bit in between, um, seasons, like usually spend four to five months in the Northern Hemisphere and then as soon as it starts to turn to summer, head back to New Zealand and catch the end of autumn and then, yeah, spend, spend winter in New Zealand and catch the end of spring. So get a little bit, um, but just always trying to make the most of the winter, I guess. Wow, that, that's that's just that just seems weird. Hey, Jamie Anderson uh, is the queen of snowboard slope style, two-time defending Olympic champ. What is your relationship like with her? Does she know you're coming for her? Um, uh, Jamie's an awesome competitor and a pretty good friend on tour. Like, I looked up to her since I was ten years old when I first met her um, in Wanaka up Snow Park, New Zealand. So. She is amazing and super encouraging. Um, I think snowboarding is a pretty special sport because um, you're you're always stoked when someone else does well because you know how much work they've put into into a run that um, that you're stoked to see someone put down. So yeah, I guess I wouldn't look at it like a rivalry or anything like that. We're all we're all friends on tour. Wow, there's a lot of love on the snowboard slopes, isn't there, eh? Yeah. Hey Zoe, I know you're busy and I know you've got a lot to concentrate on. I just want to say thanks for giving us the time. The best of luck uh, for the rest of the weekend at Copper Mountain and we will be watching the Beijing games and get, get, be right behind you. Say good day to all the team for us and have a happy Christmas. Will do. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Thanks Zoe. Zoe Zadowski Senate. What a nice young lady talented to to the boot as well.
world champion, X Game gold medalist, Olympic bronze medalist at 16. You heard her here now live on SENZ. That interview will be up on the SENZ app before midday. Speaking of before midday, if you would like to be a winner and watch Parker Chisora for free, thanks to Sky Sport Now, you can call right now. This is your cue to call, folks. 0800 150 811. That's 0800 150 811. This is Summer Days with Stephen McIver and for me, Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.22 to the phones we go and first time caller, Alan. G'day, mate. How you going? I am good. Thanks for calling. What, what's got you going? The uh, Chisora fight. So looking forward to it, that's for sure. It's going what to be a uh, big Sunday morning, that's for sure. How do you think it's going to go? Well, if Parker shows a bit of mongrel this time, rather than just pussyfooting around, I think he can certainly do it. But I'm also looking forward to David Nika, see how he goes as well. Did you have a listen to the David Nika interview this morning? I did. What did you, a great interview, that. Thank you, but what did you make of his attitude? Hasn't it changed? It has, that's for sure. Hope he's, uh, I know he comes across as Mr Nice Guy, but uh, get him in there with the gloves on, I'm pretty sure he's going to um, destroy that guy. Have we got from, that? Where is he from? France, isn't he? Yeah, have, yeah uh, Carpenter. Hey, have we got that little grab, lads? That uh, Have a listen to this. Just tell me what you think of this. Play it again, Johnny. Play it again, John. I'm going to start knocking people out uh, left, right and centre. That's, that's basically like, that's my whole mentality towards fighting has to change. I'm going to be knocking people out left, right and centre. Now, you wouldn't hear that when he was getting ready for an Olympics, would you? No, you wouldn't, that's for sure. No, that's a great attitude to have uh, in the boxing ring. Going to need it, that's for sure. So his call, by the way, Alan, on Parker was either late knockout or just an easy points win. What do you think? Um, I'd like to think it's an early early knockout, but uh, I know Chisora's head from last time was a pretty solid uh, bit of nut there, so um, <laughs> I think he's going to have to... Uh, Cause a bit of damage first before the knockout, yeah, so maybe it is going to go into the late rounds. What does Christmas hold for you, mate? Uh, fairly busy one, actually. Got uh, two lots of families, uh, mine and my wife's family on Boxing Day and our kids, and then uh, her um, her relatives and everything on Christmas Day. So, yeah, we've got a fairly busy couple of, busy couple of days going on there. But right. after that, pretty uh, chilled out for a couple of weeks. Well, Alan, first time caller, I'm going to give you a bit of Christmas cheer. I'm going to give you that uh, free Sky Sport Now fight pass so you don't have to pay to watch Chisora against Parker. Awesome. Appreciate that. Looking forward to it. No, you, you, are, you are more than welcome, man. First time caller, any day of the week, happy to give that one away. Happy Christmas. Stay on the line so Brian can get your details. Okay, bud? Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. No, you're more than welcome. 11.24 here on SENZ Summer Days. There you go. That was the final fight pass given out for Parker versus Chisora 2. David Nika's fight, we understand, around 7 a.m. against Anthony Carpin. Uh, It's a cruiserweight fight. He's 5 and 6. So he's, yeah, I don't know. It's his first fight out of France for Carpin. So it's, it's at the Manchester Arena. So it'll be a really interesting one to watch. I can confirm, by the way, that next week, uh, I am doing ten to two, and you will be hearing from double Olympic, cha- uh, double world champion Courtney Duncan, who is back in MIQ, got the MIQ spot. Uh, she's just texted me and said, "Yep, let's have a yak." And also Scott McLaughlin, our three-time supercar champion and IndyCar driver, now about what his year has been like. So that's something you can look forward to next week. Both Scott McLaughlin and Courtney Duncan, uh, just to give you a little tease of what's coming between ten and two next week. So, John, it's really interesting. You know what I find really interesting, John Day. 
Day, producer John Day. Hello, yes. Hello, yes. You're not on the Terps already as well like everybody else, are you? No, goodness no, but I will be soon. Stephen, I've got 35 minutes left in my working year. Wow. Have you been invited to go along to Prago as well, have you? I'm, mate, no, I, mate. no. <laughs> only special breakfast people get there. To us in mornings and summer days, actually, nah, we're not at Prago, actually, are we? Actually, Bears actually gave me a little flick and said, do you want to come along? I went, nah, nah, I'm fine. So It's just the thought that counts, isn't it? Getting the invite just means a lot, doesn't it? But no, I have not been invited, Stephen. So, <laughs> you, yeah. know what, you, know what, you know what intrigues me about this whole Parker Chisora fight is New Zealanders' attitude towards Parker. Yep. So Alan, right, he just picked up the free fight pass from Sky Sport now. He goes, you know, I just want him to finish him off. I, you know, I don't want to pussyfoot around. Yep. And I begin to wonder what people's perception of Parker as a fighter is now. So when I say to you, do you think in this new camp we'll see a different Parker? What, what's your response? Well, I, my response is hopefully. I'm kind of on the same page as some of our callers. Um, like Because Parker just... He became that world champion, and that fight against Randy Ruiz was fantastic. Randy Ruiz, Randy Ruiz wow, Randy was fantastic. Ruiz. Yeah, yeah, Andy's brother, um, <laughs> slightly better, um, better conditioned. Um, rig. So we beat Randy Ruiz, and then beat Andy Ruiz for the for the belt, and that was <laughs> tremendous. And then you just thought the sky was the limit for this guy. You yeah. really did. You thought he's up there with the, with the best of the best. And then he had that fight against Joshua. And he just didn't pull the trigger, and it reminded me of David Tua, Lennox Lewis. Oh, and no, I just went, no, right, no, I'm going to disagree on the big on stage, one. he can't pull the trigger. He's, he's, he doesn't have the eye of the tiger. Wow. He doesn't have the mongrel that you need to be the best in the business. And I haven't seen it since, Stephen. But let, let me remind you, at that time of that fight, and yes, he, he looked nervous. He looked, yeah, a bit like, he looked a little one-dimensional like Tua was, if you remember, because Tua had that big right, that monster right, which Joe has as well. Defensively, that's, the, that's something they worked on. Well, but Tua's left hook was one of the most deadliest punches of all time of any boxer that's ever lived. Just remember one thing. That was the first person that Anthony Joshua has not been able to stop and knocked yeah, down. Yeah, went the distance. That's that was that was a credit, and I th- and I think that might have been a, a seminal moment in his career. But I think this one is the bigger one. It made me more frustrated, <laughs> though, Stephen, because I was like, "You're obviously good enough to go to the distance with Anthony Joshua, but where is that knockout power? How are you different, and how are you better? We're always told his speed was his difference. We haven't seen that as much. Well, we recently haven't, we haven't seen the speed, and let's be not disrespectful against better opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think when he fought the South African, the white rhino, and he absolutely pasted him across yeah. that ring, and the speed there. Yeah. You know, any any opponent that wasn't really at his level, that's where the speed came out. You're he right. can punch because I've been ringside and heard those punches connect. His bo- his body yeah. shots are like a brick, you know, brick on brick, hammer blows, you know, hitting metal. Uh, the the big issue is his defense and his ability to finish off. So I I really hope. I really, really hope he he drops him and drops him early because then we might see, as you have said, the eye of the tiger. But I'm, I, as I've said, to, we've already talked about it and played it uh, a number of times. I'm excited now about David Nika. Absolutely. Yeah, and it sounds like they're in a place, in a camp, where there's no BS. They're not getting their tyres pumped up by anyone. They're getting told straight, you're not good enough at this. You're, you need to improve at this. And David Nick has been told, you you can't just, you know, pad, 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 get points. You've got to knock people out. You've got to make statements. And I think similar messages have been sent to Joseph Parker. 
You can't just, you know, go in and out of rounds. You can't be like, oh, this is cool. You know, oh, that was a nice punch. I might think and think about that one. And no, go in for the kill, you Re- know. Reality check for Nick, and it's, it'll, it'll hopefully work. Okay, so that's the good. So congratulations, Alan, first-time caller from New Plymouth. You will enjoy, courtesy of Sky Sport now, a free look at Chisora Park and, of course, Dave and Nick. Okay, time to get on the blower because it's time to try and stump Stephen. The jackpot is $100 today. You know the number to call, 0800 150 811. That's 0800-150811. Try and stump Stephen. Stumped by Stephen. That's right. This time every day. I think it's probably for the last time now, though, given the show will change slots to 10 till 2. Uh, and a bit of deja vu. Uh, we've got John on the line from Christchurch. Were you first on the line yesterday, John? Oh, yeah, I was actually a bit lucky, eh? Yeah, yeah. So it's jackpotted today, a hundred bucks from the TAB, as well as some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive, New Zealand's only specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. All right, John, I've got a good feeling about today. Your categories are basketball, rugby union, or boxing. Now, which one are you going to go for today? Got to go rugby union. All right, all right. I've just hastily actually written these questions so they're relatively easy because I'm in a Christmas mood, my last day on the job. So here we go. Question number one on rugby, John. Which two women have won the Cal Tremaine Award for Player of the Year in its history? Coxedge and Sarah Hurney. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. You would have known that, Stephen, which two women have won the Caltrain. I was yep. all over there like a wet rag. Absolutely. All right. Okay, John, question number two. Which province, should be Tasman, but they choked, which province <laughs> holds the Ramfurly Shield? Oh, shit. Just a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the slot, and away it goes. Not Canterbury, that's for sure. You're on a search for a new coach, mate. Who's going to get the job? I don't know, mate. Actually, it's going to be interesting to see. There's a bit of, bit of homework to be done there, I would say. He's going to have to fit into the into the right mould I'm picking. So, yeah, what's the space on today? Yeah, I feel a bit sorry. You know, Reuben Thorne, favourite son of the Red and Black Province, but just couldn't get it done. So I wonder what he's going to do yeah, next. A bit of a shame. You're not coaches, though, are they? You can be a good player, but you're not always going to be a good coach at yep. the end of the day. You're absolutely right there. I was neither. Question number three for everything. For Make the it 100 a hard bucks. one. Make it a hard one. Make it a hard one. There's nothing uh, to jackpot yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, for the 100 bucks and the sleep drops, who are the All Blacks' next opponents? Oh. Uh, oh, wow, that is a hard one. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do, they, uh, do they wear roses on their chest? I don't think so, Stephen. No, no. So who's coming here in July next year, essentially? Um, oh, God, my... Uh, all right. Do they drink Guinness? Yeah, like I was going to say, Johnny, are you having plenty of potatoes and Guinness for Christmas, or? Wales. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Oh, John. Oh, John, you've stumbled at the last hurdle. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. On to the next caller. Have a merry Christmas. And Tim from Christchurch waiting patiently. 
you've got yourself maybe oh, yeah. you've got you've got maybe the easiest hundred bucks and sleep drops you'll ever win in your life. Who are the All Blacks' next opponents? Ireland. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Fiddle DD, you're exactly right. Hundred bucks from the TAB coming your way. What a great Christmas bonus that is, and some sleep drops daytime revive. Check them out, sleepdrops.co.nz for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. But read the label and take as directed. Sleep drops, Auckland. Congratulations, Tim. What are your Christmas plans? Well, around the mother-in-laws and then him to Akaroa for a few days uh, after that. Oh, Akaroa, one of the best spots going around. That is awesome. Turn, yeah. turn your radio down a bit, Bill. What's that? Have, have you got a crib at Akaroa? Oh, I wish, mate. No, no. We, uh, we just stayed down by the waterfront. My mate's got a boat. Oh, that sounds terrible. Hey, mate, congratulations. I'm glad you didn't say Wales again because we would have had to mention leaks for Wales, but potatoes and Guinness was pretty obvious. I feel feel sorry for our mate. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> maybe he didn't hear that. But. No, anyway, uh, happy Christmas, mate, and congratulations. You're a, you're a winner, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. There you go. How about that one, eh? 100 bucks just remembering remembering that, right? Not bad, is it? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that series. I really am. Like, the Irish will think that they've got our number, three wins out of the last five, and they're coming down here. And now we've got Joe Schmidt on our uh, selection panel, but not for that series. He's oh. starting after the Irish series. So Grant Fox, one more series as selector. Oh. Uh, he thinks he, he's had done tremendous, you know, 10 years Grant Fox in that role. So one last hurrah, and then Joe Schmidt starts after the Irish. So You, you can't tell me that Schmidt is not going to be joked dropping a few lines and say, hey, watch this, watch this, watch this. Or maybe that was part of the deal, like, I don't want my first gig to be against the Irish, the team that I helped historically beat the All Blacks for the first time ever, not once, but twice. So Really? you? Oh, oh, that would be a terrible reason. Yeah. I'd, I'd be in there going, right, let's hammer them. <laughs> You're ruthless, though, Stephen but McIver. You, but you have to be ruthless. You do. It's the All Blacks, and we, we will need to be ruthless next year. When are we talking to Guerin, when I can give him some stick? Shortly? Yeah, really shortly. Okay, so we have a little break and then talk to Guerin? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's take a break. It's 11.37 on Summer Days on SCNZ. Sandra Park, Group 1 Races. Time to go trotting. Now, Michael Guerin, hello, mate. Hey, Stephen. How are you, brother? Oh, look, how I'm, dare I'm, you insult our friends in the South Island who have private batches? <laughs> be <terribly> <laughs> hey now, um, I'm just going to say one, uh, one. I'm going to tell you one thing, and I want to hear your response. All right? Yep. Silver, 2021, V12, Superleggera, Aston Martin, driven yesterday. Funny enough, I took a Superleggera for a run about. Oh, don't ago. be a it's, tosser. It's, all, it's almost too much car. It's almost too much car. I think it's got like 730 brake horsepower. Is that right? Oh, mate, don't, you just, you just burnt it, me. I was going, I was waiting for the, oh, did you really? Is that fantastic? Mate, there's no, that is not too much car. It is a hell of a lot of car. And Steve from Kiltrap, Aston Martin, let me have a crack at it. And oh, we took it out with well, Murph. And I, enough, dro- I drove I'm Murph. Getting, I'm getting it. I'm getting a car off Steve today because, funny story, since you raised it, we'll continue the conversation. Yeah. Picking up the uh, the DB11 V12 AMR, picking it up next Friday. What, as a driver while yours is being serviced? No, 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 it's, don't. This is a new car. We'll, we'll swap cars. We've gone. We've, we've, the Vanquish has been traded in. Excuse and we're picking me? up the AMR DB11. Yeah, so. What, hey, what that's colour? That's how we're going to roll. What colour? Uh, Black, black on black, black interior. An AMR. What they call fo- 
fighter jet black. So, Mate, yeah. what bank did you steal? What bank did well, you, you know rob? What, Steve? Stephen, I tell all our listeners all the time, if you're willing to gamble responsibly and pay attention to the signs you can see, you can make money gambling. And I won't be paying for the AMR, the TAB will be. There's no doubt about that. Well, I'm going to say, bugger me, I'm jealous. But there you go. But I'm, I'm telling you, even at half a million dollars secondhand, the Super Legera is one hell of a car. I'd, I'd kill for one. Anyway, 11.45, we've had our, our boys chat, our boys toys. Uh, talk, talk to me about the Group 1 at Alexandra Park, please. Mate, look, it's great that Group 1 racing is obviously the top-level stuff. It's yep. the test cricket, the test rugby of racing. And we haven't had any at Alexandra Park for about seven months because obviously we've had... Uh, Addington's been the focus of things, Stephen. We kick into it tonight. There's a race called the Rossland Stud Queen of Hearts, and it's for the girls, the girls, so fillies and mares. And it brings together a really cool field, and it sort of starts our summer at Alexandra Park. But there's some, there's some fun racing coming up there. They race New Year's Eve day, so December 31. And this is sort of the, the really top-class stuff. Mm. This is the stuff that matters to these mares. So... Excellent race tonight, Australian form versus New Zealand form. The favourite's a horse called Better Twist. This is race seven, number five tonight, Alexandra Park at 8.37. And it's got a good chance, but I think it's under the odds. I think it's a really tasty race. And I think there's a sneaky chance for punters to get a dollar each way with a horse called Darling Me. Race seven, number four, but tricky race. I'm not going to say I think it's an easy race to bet into, but I do like a couple of others tonight, Stephen. Of course, if you're gambling, never gamble more than you can afford to lose. Don't gamble the kids' Christmas present money. Gamble responsibly, but there is a chance to have some fun at Alexandra Park tonight. Yeah. If you're not in Auckland, yeah. you can actually pop along, Stephen. The racetracks are back up and open again. Which I, is good. I, I think I need to have one of those apartments, that apartment block, and just sit down with a, a pair of binos and, and watch the racing. Hey, uh, we our race for at Addington tonight, uh, John and I randomly picked a horse called Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah actually a pr- pretty nice horse. Um, tricky race because they're two-year-olds, and it comes from a smaller stable trained by a good boy and Brett Weaver. Not impossible. Nice third last time. It's got a chance in what's not a strong race for this type of grade. So Addington race tonight alongside Alexandra Park, Stephen. They go head-to-head. Then tomorrow, by Rio, for those needing a geography lesson, that's down near Winton in the central south of races, and they race at Rangiora. So pretty much, Stephen, racing's really frenetic now. This race is Boxing Day. This race is December 23rd. If anybody thinks to themselves, hey, I'd love to go park up in the troughs, take the kids, take a picnic, sit on the lawn, watch the horses, basically go to HRNZ, HRNZ, the Harness Racing Zealand.co.nz, and I'll give you an idea of where you can go. It's not like going to the gallops of Alicorn. You don't need a collar and tie. You don't need to make a big <laughs> song and dance about it. You can go along there, park up in your jandals, have a bit of a laugh, have a beat if you're that way inclined, or often the kids love looking at the horses. So it's another sort of sporting element Stephen, to what's going to happen in New Zealand over the oh. next two weeks when some people are holidaying. But Alexandra Park's probably a little bit more serious. It's at a different type of level because they have better horses racing oh. for bigger money uh, over that next two or three week period. I love how you rolled your eyes when we talked. you talked about Rocketman going, it's a chance. 
even well, though the field's enough, not that the, strong. <laughs> the favourite's been scrapped, Stephen, so you, you're, not, you're not in a bad place. You're not in a great place. You're in a place where you've got a chance. And, Stephen, as you know, an Auckland on a Friday night, having a chance is a good thing. Wow, well, I'll tell you what, I was out last night, uh, not not on a boozy one, of the Sky Speed sort of Christmas drinks at a little cool little uh, Chinese restaurant called uh, Go-Go Music Cafe. Everything on skewers, and I even had sheep testicles. I tried sheep testicles for the first time, Mike. Hmm. Steve, bit chewy. I think I got a ram. Uh, one was really chewy. I thought. Life. I beg your pardon. I'm picking that's not one of them. You've done some sensible things in your life, but that wasn't one. <laughs> well, the guy said, "Let's just try sheep testicles." I went, "All right." Chewy. Oh my gosh! It must be an old fella because I tell you what, <laughs> it was it was really really chewy. Um, you've got a couple of shows this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, we have. We're kicking off tomorrow morning, myself and Louis Herman Watt. I don't know what state he's going to be in because it the won't be in his state. Yeah, be a mess. Him and Baz and, and Izzy are having their lunch this morning, so it'll be a celebratory lunch, which will probably end about breakfast time tomorrow. We'll be on tomorrow morning with a huge guest list on uh, the mail run. That's our Saturday mm-hmm. morning show. Big guest list, including people like Opie Botham, Robbie Patterson. We're going to talk about the races at Arlapuni tomorrow. We're also going to talk about Ellerslie's Carnival over the next two weeks and what you can and can't do as in regards to going. And then at 12 o'clock on Sunday, Greg O'Connor and I are on Trot's Talk to talk about the New Zealand horses attacking Australia, uh, not only on Saturday night where the New Zealand Cup winner copy that goes, but also try and find you a winner for Rangiora on Sunday. So we have lots of racing coming up on ECNZ. The boys will be doing the good oil tomorrow afternoon. We're feeling pretty good about life. You realise having a black car, they're the worst car in the world to clean, right? Steve, do you think I'm going to be cleaning it? Well, considering the last time I called you and it wasn't clean, no, I don't think you will be. But I'm just saying, mate, a black car is is cool, you know, you look like, you know, maybe a little mini Batman or whatever, in, in it. but I'm just saying, keep it clean. I don't, need, I don't see why I need to be a mini Batman. I'm five foot eleven. I can be a perfectly normal size. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm just, just throwing myself into it. Significantly <laughs> sillier. This conversation is a lot sillier than the listeners need to have. If you have a bit of Alexander Park, I'm racing and go for darling me. And see, if you're nice to me in 2022, I'll take you for a drive. Well, I tell you what. You keep calling me Steve. I'll punch you. <laughs> okay. So he's gone. He's gone. He's scared. Thanks, thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. I didn't realise he kept calling me Steve, and I didn't call him out because you know I like to call. Actually, um, John, who talks to me about the cribs, says Is that all right, Stevo. Wow. People have had a lot of fun with that this week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's more you get your back up, the more the they more kind of react. they give you the, the needle. And I did notice that you did call Michael or Mick Gearin. Mike Guerin as well. Oh, so does he not like that? That's his Steve. Oh. So you mic'd him and he steved you. So I think yeah. you're even. Oh, okay. Well, if you're still listening, Michael, I apologise. Wow. Okay. But still a black car. Come on. It's 11.52. Baz here. Download the SNZ app and listen to us anywhere, anytime. Well, if you're in Macedon, you can hear us on 91.1 FM.